This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about faith. I want to talk to you about faith and the words that we use. If you're taking notes, the title of tonight's message is Faith Words, dot, 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 where are we going? Faith Words, dot, 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 where are we going? There's some things that we deal with in words and faith and sometimes we don't know where we're going. And so I, I came across this story. Billy Graham shared this, and I thought it was pretty unique. So I want to read this to you. Albert Einstein was once traveling from Princeton on a train when the conductor came down the aisle, punching the tickets of every passenger. When he came to Einstein, Einstein reached into his vest pocket, and he couldn't find his ticket. So he reached into his trouser pocket. It wasn't there. So he looked in his briefcase but couldn't find it. Then he looked in the seat beside him. He still couldn't find it. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We all know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued down the aisle punching tickets. As he was ready to move to the next car, he turned around and saw the great physicist down on his hands and knees looking under the seat for his tickets. The conductor rushed back and said, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein. Don't worry. I know who you are. You're no problem. You don't need a ticket. I'm sure you bought one. Einstein looked at him and said, young man, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. (laughs) And so a lot of times in life, we talk about faith. We talk about the opportunity to go down someplace, but sometimes we don't know where we're going. We have an idea or a thought. I know that if I get here, it's going to take me to a place. But what is that place? And sometimes we don't recognize that our words give us the direction for where our life is headed. And so with that thought, let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be here once again to just honor you and worship you. Father, I pray that as we just open up to become who we are truly created to be, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are giving us gifts and talents. And Father, those that through faith can be presented as an incredible gifts unto you. And so, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. I ask that you would bless this night. Bless each and every heart that receives your word, Father, that, that we could be adapted and changed into what you see us and want us to be, the way that we were created to be, Father. And Father, I pray that you would help us to receive the words that are coming out of our mouths to see them and see the direction that they're pointing. Father, we thank you for what you're doing tonight. I ask you to bless hearts, open hearts so they receive the word. And we look to you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, we're gonna start right here. This is one of the uh, best faith verses that you'll learn. The best things that you can start to get inside of your heart, you should learn to memorize this and quote this. As I was even singing tonight, And just worshiping the Lord, the Lord brought back to me something that happened last night in my life. My my daughter's playing on a basketball team. And normally I coach my son's team and then my wife coaches my daughter's team. But when we go into this league, I end up coaching my daughter's team and I let my son get coached by someone else just to give an opportunity to see how good I really am. Just kidding. Has nothing to do with that. But um, it gives us an opportunity to see it from a different angle. Well, at the beginning of the season, when... I, we got our, my daughter's team together. We looked at them and 
what we thought we were getting was a pretty good idea of a decent team, not so much. <laughs> we weren't as good as we thought we were going to be. And so we kind of struggled the first couple of games. In fact, I was pretty frustrated after the first one, two, three, four, five games. But these last three or four, we've won four in a row. And last night, my daughter had an incredible game, but not only did she have a great game, other girls on the team who had never scored before scored a basket, and another one scored a basket, and another one scored a basket, and another one got a rebound, never touched the ball before in their life. And I looked at it, and the Lord simply put on my heart and said, that's how I look at my people. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? And he said, sometimes we get frustrated because things aren't going the way we think they should but I know you're taking steps forward. And I walked away from last night's game and I looked at my wife and I said, I'm so proud of those girls. I told the girls after the game, I said, I'm so proud of you. You did such a great job tonight. You are improving so much from where we started to where we are is amazing. And I said, I can't wait to see where we're going. And I think that's what God does with us. I was frustrated in the beginning because what I thought should have been happening wasn't happening. But now I can start to see signs of it happening. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of walking up steps. When you look from the bottom to the top, sometimes it looks daunting. It looks too much. But if I take step after step after step, God continues to teach us that you're making headway. You're going somewhere. You're doing something. And so just to knock a little religious out of people, you know what? If you only cussed one time this week, praise the Lord, because last week it was like a sailor coming off a boat. It was something totally, you're getting better. You're getting better. Don't beat yourself up because you make one mistake. Look at all the mistakes you passed by when you were getting to that one mistake to say, you know what? I'm not making that decision. I'm not making that decision. I stumbled once, but the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times yet gets up. That's what it comes back down to. Faith words and where are we going? Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it says this. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. He had to get this across to his disciples. Jesus is speaking to the people he spends the most time with. And he says, you must have faith in God. You must have faith in God. And then verse 23, because he comes to him and he says this. You have faith in God. I tell you the truth. Because you know what happens? You have people that come up to you sometimes and like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, right. Show me. Prove it. Do something, but the Lord comes back and says, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it happened. It will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you've received it, it will be yours. What this talks to me about and helps me to understand is faith is simply found in what we're believing. Are we making the decision to say, this is who I am? I tell you the truth. If you say, and there's something important about our words. There's something important about what we speak and how we speak it. Because it shows us a diagram of what we truly believe. Well, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is this. If you're going out and saying, yeah, I believe in God. I go to church every Wednesday, every Sunday, and you're getting these words and you walk out and you go out there and the first words you say is, oh, there's a flu going around. I'm going to get it. That's where your faith painted it. 
Your faith painted right at those things. When I was a child, when I was younger, and I struggled with tests because I got anxiety and I got all this other stuff to deal with, I would get up in front of that test and I'm like, I'm going to fail this test. Guess what I did? I failed the test. And then at the end of it, I would say, see, I told you. See, I told you I would fail it. Well, yeah, that's where my faith was. High five. You received your, what you asked for. Whatever you ask, you shall receive. Hey, you got it. Till I started learning about faith. I started asking God, help me in these areas. Help me, teach me. Help me to understand what I'm doing. I started saying things. I started speaking different. When I started speaking different, it was steps of faith. When I took those steps of faith, God started to do something and change something inside of me. Faith through our words pinpoints where we are and what we truly are believing for. Because understand this, as you process through this, the statement of faith can so easily be contradicted by what we say right after that. I believe God can do that, but I'm not sure if he will. I believe God will bless me, but I don't know. I got a lot of bills. I don't know if he can do it. We got to take our butt and stop right there and say, I believe God can do this. I believe God can do this. When he does this, it changes everything. When we take out the buts, the maybes, the not sures, well, I'm not sure if he will, that, well, we'll see. All those statements are not full of faith. When you say, I will do this. I love it. When I, there, there are certain times that my son, he gets a little bit bigger head and, and, and he believes things. And he's like, I can beat you. He talks about his poppy, Pastor Stormy. He says, I can beat you in basketball. I can beat you in basketball. He'll talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. He'll say, fine, all right, we'll go down there and play. So there have been about three or four Wednesdays that they're the only two in the gym and they'll play and Poppy beats Cade. And Cade's like, well, I'll beat you next time. Well, I'll beat you next time. Well, I'd beat you now if we played this. And he said, I'd still beat you. I would still beat you. But he's got enough head. He's got enough mind. He's got enough thoughts. You know what? There's gonna come a day that he will beat his Poppy. And Poppy understands that. So he's getting everything he can right now because he knows there's coming a day. You know what? There's coming a day in your life where you're going to get what you ask for. There's coming a day where you get what you have asked for, what you've been believing for. There comes a day where you're going to win. You may not win today, but that doesn't mean you quit trying. You get back up and you start trusting God and you speak faith. I believe I can. I believe I can. I believe I can. You become like the little engine that could. You keep working, you keep working, you keep working, eventually get to the top of the mountain, you realize, you know what? I knew we could. Because remember this, Philippians 4.13 tells me I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If Christ gives me strength, then I know that I can do it. We've got to step forward and trust God. Look at it in Mark chapter 11, just a little bit above that. Look how Jesus explains this. Mark chapter 11, verse 12, it says, Jesus, this is how he's teaching us about faith. So this happens first, and then he comes back and talks about the faith in God. He says, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Verse 13, he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over there to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. You know what that teaches me? Be ready in season and out of season. Be ready because you never know when you're going to be called upon. I'll tell you, this came to truth today. I wasn't supposed to speak tonight. Pastor Stormy was supposed to speak tonight. He had his message totally prepared. At 12 o'clock, he gets up and comes over here to pray like he always does. At about 1220, he comes back over and he looks in my office and says, hey, I'm going to go home for lunch. 
very out of the ordinary. I said, okay. So I moved on with my day. About 1.30, Shelly comes in and says, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. You may want to be prepared to speak tonight. I said, are you serious? She goes, yeah, you got to be ready. I said, okay. So I spent the next two hours preparing for this message. At 3.30, Shelly comes in and says, you're speaking tonight. And I said, oh, good, because I just spent two hours preparing for a message that I was going to have to put on file if I didn't speak tonight. So I'm, I'm excited about this. But you know what? If I hadn't been preparing over the last few weeks, I knew what I was going to speak. I knew God had something on my heart because ultimately God knew tonight was going to happen. Whether I was ready for it or not, I need to choose. I've got to be ready. So that's what it teaches me because it was too early in the season for fruit. Well, it shouldn't be that time, but that's okay. God says, be ready in season and out. Verse 14, it says, then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat of your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. So as you skip down for time's sake, verse 20, it says, the next morning as they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed that it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. They looked and they saw faith in action. They saw it in action. They heard him speak it. They left for a day, came back, saw the tree. It was gone. It was dying. It was in the process that the roots were coming up. You could see that it was dying. And they were like, you just spoke to this yesterday. And Jesus takes that opportunity to say, then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth because they've just seen action. They've just seen faith. They understand what it means and what it is. And so it's the process of understanding. Jesus didn't question whether that fig tree was going to die or not. When he spoke it, he knew it was going to happen. I just wonder at times what the disciples were thinking when they heard that. Making excuses, justifying the tree's actions. Well, it's not time. You should give it time to produce what it needs to produce. It's not the right season. It's not this. It's not that. Make every excuse you can for those things not producing when it's time. It still didn't produce. Jesus said you were created for this thing. I'm giving you an opportunity. It's time to step forward and understand the faith that we have right here. Jesus showed the power of words. When we speak, if we believe, if we really line it up with the word of God, whatever you ask, you shall receive. It's the choice that we choose right here. Faith is not based on your reality, but totally on what you're believing for. Too many times we are too quick to define what reality is around us instead of the faith that is in us. We're talking about everything else. Oh, great, it's five o'clock. Traffic's gonna be terrible. If God separated a sea and allowed an entire nation to walk across dry land in the middle of a sea, do you think he can help you get home in Lubbock, Texas? I believe he can do it. But if we continue to talk about reality, you're gonna have what you ask for. Whatever you ask, you shall receive. Whatever you seek, you shall find. Whatever door you knock on shall be opened. Whatever you ask, Jesus said it. He can't lie. He can't do those things. Everything he said comes back down to how you're going to define it. Hebrews 11.1 out of the Amplified Version. It says this, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed 
of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Now, I love the way that said that because let's break that down real quick. Being the proof of things we do not see. When you're stepping in faith, you're asking things and seeking things that you don't see. I get that. I understand that. But I love the wording that it uses right here. And the conviction, and the conviction of their reality. If you ask my son, can he beat Poppy in basketball? Absolutely. No doubt in his mind, he can beat him. Absolutely no doubt. Even if he's lost before, I'll win the next one. There's conviction upon that. When I speak about the word of God, when I speak about the truth, I'm speaking about conviction. Why am I speaking through conviction? Because he's dealt with me on it. Understand this. Everything I talk about is things I've walked through. I've had to process through how to live by faith. I told you a couple of weeks ago, I was dealing with, man, tithing. It was tough at that moment because I look at the bills and I look at the tithe and I look at the bills and I look at the tithe and I look at the bills and I look at the tithe. And the enemy saw an opportunity to see, oh, can I get him right here? And these doubts started coming to my mind. And I remember I looked and I looked and I said, Lord, I know your word. And I spoke the word. And I said, I know that you said, if I'll bring my tithe into the storehouse, you'll open up the floodgates of heaven and you'll pour it so much that I won't have room for it. And so, Father, I thank you. I'm taking my tithe. And you know what happened to that doubt? Gone like that. It was gone because I spoke faith. I know who I am because Christ created me from the inside out. I understand that in Psalms 139, he knit me together. He gave me the desires of my heart. He placed every bit of what's in my life in there. And I know this, what God has created, no man can destroy. When God created a dream in me, no man can take that dream away. God placed that in there. If I'll stand by faith and walk by faith, God will have those things. As you ask, you shall receive. Simply comes down to this. And the conviction of their reality. It's time to quit saying what if and hope. And it's time to start speaking as is now. I don't question, well, you know, someday I'm going to have a gray uh, a, a gray Ford Expedition. I'm going to have that someday. No, I'm speaking of it now because it's reality. I have one of those. I have that. I have those things now. And that's what God is speaking of. Conviction of their reality. Faith perceived as real fact. What is not revealed on to the senses. What Jesus is speaking to us and helping us to understand is that when you speak by faith, it starts here. It starts here. Matthew chapter 12. Jesus is speaking right here and he explains so perfectly where everything starts. Matthew chapter 12, verse 23, I mean 33, excuse me, verse 33, it says this. Matthew 12, 33 says, a tree is is identified by its fruit. Very simple. If you see an orange on a tree, you know it's an orange tree. If you see an apple on a tree, it's an apple tree. Pretty simple. So that's what he's explaining right here. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. Okay, pretty simple. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brought of snakes, how can evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So as I read that scripture, so if I start speaking doubt, 
Let me explain it a different way because maybe you don't speak doubt. Let, 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 me, let me redefine it in today's world. Maybe you start to complain. You know, complain is just another form of doubt. If I continue to complain, oh, it's always going to be this way. Oh, my boss, he's so mean. He never is nice. I never, he never gives me raises. He's always mean to me. He's always looking for me. He always catches me doing the wrong thing. I try to do what's right, and he always catches me doing the wrong thing. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So the faith that is in your heart is being taken out. And what is being put in there is a complaining attitude. I'm going to complain about everything. I'm going to complain about this. That's not faith. That's doubt. When we complain... It's not bringing faith into reality. It's redefining reality as this is permanent. It's not about complaining about things. And understand this, I deal with this too. I struggle with complaining. Every one of us, I'm sure, are the same boat. We all struggle with it. Do you know what it comes back down to? What's in my heart? You know what a lot of times complaining comes from? You feel like you deserve something you haven't received. Maybe it's not season for you yet. Maybe you've slowed it down because all you do is complain about it. Just a couple of thoughts. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Verse 35, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on the... On judgment day, for every idle word you speak, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. What he's talking about is this. The words you speak are so powerful. They determine whether you choose life or death. Whether you choose faith or doubt. Whether you choose faith or fear. Whether you choose faith or complaining. Now you say, well, you know what? I'm just venting. Venting is another word for complaining. I'm sharing my heart. Isn't it interesting that we say that sometimes? I just want to share my heart. I just want to tell you how bad you are. I just want to tell you what you look like. I want to tell you this, but I'm just going to share my heart. Like that's supposed to soften the blow. I remember I shared this in the youth a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's, it's unique. Um, I had a friend of mine who used to say, I'm, I'm just going to keep it real with you. I'm going to keep it real. And I said, okay, keep it real. I'm like seventh grade at this time. And we're, uh, we had, we, you know, we'd play sports all the time and things like that. And so we'd come in after lunch and we're sitting there and I, and, and my buddy's like, dude, I'm just going to keep it real with you. He said, you got BO. And I was like, the heck's BO? I, I was naive. I didn't know any of this stuff. He's like, dude, you got BO. And I'm like, what are you talking about? BO? The heck's BO? And so class starts at this time, so we can't talk. So he's like, right. He's like, dude, you got B.O. And I'm like, is that like some disease? What the heck are you talking about? I'm like oblivious to what he's talking about. So we're sitting there and he's like, right. And he's like, dude, you got B.O. Dude, you're going to have to help me. What is B.O.? What is B.O.? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. So we're sitting at these pods where we have four desks and he's sitting next to me telling me this. And there's a girl that I like diagonal for me. And I'm like, Hey, this is a great way to create a conversation. You know, create a conversation. You start talking, something happens. You know how it goes. So I'm like, 
the heck's BO? So I asked this girl, there's two girls sitting here and we're sitting over on this side. And I wrote on the note and I slid it over and I said, hey, what's BO? She writes back and says, body odor. I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) So when somebody says, I'm going to keep it real until you have BO, I guess go take a shower or something. I don't know. It's not very nice in that moment. But you know, sometimes in life, we don't know what we're dealing with. Sometimes the words are much like that BO. We don't recognize how bad we really stink. But the words that come out of our mouth, and they're painting something. And a lot of times it's a heart issue. We're not slowing down enough to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to speak by faith, not by sight. Every test I take, Lord, I, I just fail every test. I am always this way. No, 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 no. You have a mind of Christ. You're a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. If you're a new creation and the new is here, God said he would give you the wisdom if you would just simply ask. Whatever you ask, you shall receive. If I ask these things, I'll believe I'll receive it. If you receive it, then live it. It simply comes down to those things. If we'll simply walk out of this and walk into that, God changes everything. In the book of Acts chapter 16, there's a story of a man named Paul and his friend Silas. And this night, They go and they're preaching the word of God, doing nothing wrong, and they get thrown in jail. And it says about midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns. I've thought about this, and I've continued to think, Oscar, you can make your way up here. And I've really started to think through this, and I'm thinking, how does that happen? How does that happen? They're in a dark, deep dungeon. And this isn't like, hey, this is like Beverly Hills, you know, jail or prison or whatever it is. I mean, this is awful. This is like the worst are down there. And he's sitting there with Silas and he's just there. And I can just imagine he's sitting there and he's, oh man, here we are in jail again. We did nothing wrong. All we did is we preached the word of God and we did this and we're doing what God asked us to do. And Silas is over here and he's sitting there and he's going, you're right, we didn't do anything wrong. We're in jail, unfair. Here it is, they're against us again. They're doing all these things, right? Isn't that what we would do? Talk about how wrong it is that we're being treated. But I love this because Paul's sitting over here and he's this guy and he says, you know, I remember a scripture. It says, if you seek God, remember it says in 2 Samuel chapter 30, he, he, he says, or 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, it says that if I honor the Lord, the Lord will honor me. You know, I remember a time that I honored the Lord and the Lord did something amazing. Remember when he did this? Remember when we were out there praying and they changed everything. And Silas is over here and goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, you remember when, when you couldn't see And Jesus, you met him on the road and you're sitting there and the scales are over your eyes and you can't see anything. And you go to this guy's house who once should never accept you. But because Jesus spoke to his heart, he opened up and said, go meet with this guy. You remember that? And then he said that and Paul's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And here's what happened. He gave me, he talked to me about this thing, about the Holy Spirit. And he prayed for me. A man who would never pray for anybody like me. He prayed for me. And Silas is like, exactly, exactly. That's the God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember how good God is to David? Oh, my gosh. David fighting Goliath. Man, a 12-year-old facing a giant. And all he's got is a sling and five stones. We're sitting there. We're sitting about these things. And Paul's over there going, exactly. 
Oh man, and not only that, he saved him from a bear. He saved him from a lion. He helped him. In the times that were darkest, all of a sudden they start building each other up. They start building each other and they're going back and forth and they're like, remember that song? Remember that song? We serve a good God. That I'm no longer a slave. That these chains can't hold me. Because I am a child of God. Because I am. And then Silas sits over here and he goes, it's exactly right. He says, remember, the angels continued to sing about how holy God is. Now what if we just started singing that? What if we started doing those things? And it says it came about midnight. And there was a rumbling and an earthquake and the chains broke. You know the Bible says in Psalms? It says, weeping may last for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. You know when they say that the daybreak comes? Midnight. Weeping lasts for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. Jesus is speaking right here and he simply says this, if you will trust me in these areas, Paul and Silas found each other and they encouraged each other. They encourage you. The Bible says in uh, Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When you understand that, we understand what we hear affects what we believe. If faith spoken to me can change the way I believe, then complaining spoken to me can also change the way I believe. Because those affect what's inside of us. So if we're not careful with who we're around and what we're singing and what we're doing, we're going to easily get caught up in being about fear instead of faith. One of my favorite songs right now is He'll Do It Again. He'll Do It Again. God will do it again. If God did it before, he'll do it again. If God did it once, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. You start to receive that. All of a sudden, I don't speak about a God. I speak about my God, who is my father, whom my father loves me, and my father has great plans for me. Plans that are beyond my wildest dreams. He said that he's got something even greater than I can possibly imagine. I stand on those scriptures. It's the decision that we choose to make. Do you choose to stand on complaining and those voices around you? Or do you step up and receive Hebrews 11.1 that it's not about what you see, but about what you believe. Hebrews 11.1, let me read it. For time's sake, it says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. It's an opportunity to say, you know what? It may not be here today, but I'm still believing I'm still believing, I'm still believing, I'm still believing because you know what? God did it once, he can do it again. God did it once, he can do it again. God did it, he's done it before, he'll do it again. He'll do it again, he'll do it again. It took faith for David to stand in front of a giant. It took faith for Moses to stand in front of that sea and lift his arms up. It took faith for Gideon to stand with 300 men against many others because God had something great. But it's by faith that we move, not by sight. What are you believing for tonight? What are your words? What are they taking you? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.